What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Chris, and Randy are back again for all of your mediocre fancy football advice. We're getting closer to June. We're getting closer to football. Every little day counts. What's going on? Not too much, man. What constitutes a little day from a big day? Big days, I would argue, are like holidays. Oh, okay. So July 4th doesn't count on the route to football? No, it's a big day. Super Bowl, you know. Draft yeah, day. Those are big days. All right. I literally yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm doing fine, man. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, these wonderful topics that we have on this episode. I'm gonna play some Madden after, and I'm sure we're gonna argue about who we should take in our dynasty startup that we just joined as co-owners. Plus Brandon Sweet. Shout out, Sweet. You mean the, what we didn't just do for the last 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we're gonna do it again. <laughs> Because you're an idiot. And so is Randy. I'm oh, the one. I've I'm the literally, one right. I've never claimed to be smart. So I don't know why you're coming at me like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here. <laughs> I'm a little on edge tonight. <laughs> it's because I would take Kenny Galladay over Mike oh, Evans. Move on. Move on. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Move Stafford. Move Stafford. Fucking Hall of Fame. Move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stop it. Um, all right. So uh, leave us reviews, share with your friends. We appreciate everyone who listens. You guys are why we do this. Um, I would say we can't get enough of each other, but we, God knows that's not true. Um, uh, we're trying to make a larger number. We're trying to reach as much audience as we can. So share us, uh, get us out there, uh, leave us a review. Uh, what we're going to go over today is we're going to go back to our ADP target discussion that we had a couple episodes ago we talked about the guys that we weren't a fan of um but this time we are going to talk about guys that we are loving at their you changed the name you just said adp targets you had like a clever name for this you got called lovebirds and i thought that was a little too feminine for the podcast so you uh, go adp targets you don't try I didn't to, know what to call it yeah it's working it'll be different when we post the episode i think Right. <laughs> working title good god <laughs> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about a couple guys uh that each of us are liking at where they're currently going um the data is from over a thousand mock drafts in the last three days um this is based on fantasy football calculator um this is what we all use to uh have for data and then we are going to go through our other segment which is this or that we're going to take some guys and compare their ADPs and say who the three of us would rather have. Um, God knows we're not going to agree on all of those. I'm happy for that. But um, you did. Were you, you sounded like you were going to interject, or were you just? Uh, I was going to say uh, Mike Evans or Kenny Galladay. That'll kick it off. Oh <laughs> I will come actually, to Columbus and strangle you. I actually don't know how, if their ADPs are even close, but I, I love how he could now make an actual threat of that. That's <laughs> really like two hours yeah. away. It's close. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because right now Mike Evans is uh, wide receiver seven, Kenny Galladay's wide receiver eight. Oh my God. <laughs> well, we can talk about it next we'll time. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, God, ADP targets sounds so boring. But yeah, we'll, this we'll is figure it out. Call it. All right. Um, so you're up first, then, Mr. Creator. Um, yeah. wh- what are you looking at? 
So the first target I want to talk about is Calvin Ridley. Um, his ADP is currently around the 405, which would make him wide receiver 16, which sounds pretty reasonable. If you look at what he did last year, um, that's, that's about where he produced. I'm actually unsure where he finished off the top of my head. But I don't really care about where he finished last year because there's a lot working in Calvin Ridley's favor this year. They have almost 200 vacated targets with the absence of Mohamed Sanu midseason last year, obviously, but they also lost Austin Hooper. Um, they lost Devonta Freeman. I think that Calvin Ridley has the upside of a top 10 wide receiver. And I would take him well before the 405 if I'm in a draft. But if I'm sitting at the 405 and Calvin Ridley's sitting there, it's a, it's a smash. Uh, I, I'm 100% picking Calvin Ridley. He's just got so much working in his favor. Like we talked about last time, I think, well, it was actually in our mock draft. I think Julio is going to take a step back eventually. And this could be the year. I, I know that the Falcons threw a shit ton last year, and that probably won't be replicated. But also when you have Todd Gurley on bum knees, how are you going to run the ball? They might throw 650 times. Again. So if they do that, I think Calvin Ridley is for sure a top 12 guy. And I love him at the 405-ish. Last year he finished as wide receiver 27, but he didn't play in – Week 15, 16, or 17. Makes sense. So he probably would have been top 20 last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 he, if he stayed on pace for that, then most yeah. likely. Um, yeah. Again, it made me laugh. I brought it up how the way you typed it versus what I typed. Um, your, I mean, your reasons make sense. But the way you typed it in here, just no Muhammad Sanu, lost of Austin Hooper, and where I bring in stats. But it makes sense. I, I can see where... You're I, you're more on the Julio takes a step back train where I think Julio is just a robot, and I don't think he ever takes a step back until he retires, a la Larry Fitzgerald. Um, but I get it to a certain extent. Yeah, some robot I mean, receivers. I, I the only thing I or the reason I think Julio is going to take a step back is because he's eclipsed the thirty mark and he's been great. Still, I get it, but also he's thirty one. He hobbles off the field quite a bit, I think really could take advantage of that this year. Because I also want to point out, yes, they brought in Hayden Hurst, but is Hayden Hurst getting the 100 targets that Austin Hooper did? I'm not sure. I don't think so. But don't you think that some of those vacant targets do go to Julio? Yeah, and maybe that's what prevents him from actually taking a step back. Um, Yeah. And maybe he gets more, more targets, but I think that some of the 200 vacated targets are going to be dispersed uh, to a bunch of different guys, whether it's Russell Gage or even Todd Gurley gets some targets out of the backfield. I just think that Calvin Ridley probably takes home a good majority of them. Obviously, Hayden Hurst is going to get probably 50-plus, but I could see Ridley taking more. The only reason I struggle, especially with a guy like Ridley, is because I don't like picking the second receiver on a team that has a clear hands down wide receiver one. But at the same time, you're right that Julio does get hurt. And I know I've, I, I target him in a lot of leagues and I always have to deal with his foot or his ankle or something. I just, I don't like it, but I definitely see, I can see a scenario where that definitely happens. 
So let's move on. Um, I This one just boggles my mind. And it's not because I traded for him in Dynasty, although I am absolutely pumped I did. Robert Woods' ADP right now is wide receiver 25. Cooper Cup's ADP is wide receiver 9. Like, this is just nuts to me. Per J.J. Zacharyson, I saw a tweet today saying that Cooper Cup's snap share dropped 10% when the Rams started to begin using more 12 personnel at the end of last year down the stretch. And he averaged 12.9 PPR points per game in the second half of last year to Robert Woods, 19.2. Robert Woods had two total touchdown receptions last year. And he still averaged seven more points than Cooper Cup in the back half of the 2019 season. I'm not a huge guy that believes in touchdown regression, but Robert Woods is going to catch more than two touchdowns in 2020. I will bet my third-born child on it. Not my first or my second, because and who knows if I even have three kids. But I think but, that's why you went three, right? Exactly. <laughs> but my point being is Robert Woods is going to have more than two touchdowns this year. He's going as not even a wide receiver two. He's going as a wide receiver three. That is insane to me. Where Cooper Cup's going as a top ten guy. I'm not saying Cooper Cup's is going to completely fall off the face of the earth, but Brandon Cooks is gone. Um, Todd Gurley's gone. They're going to be in- integrating a rookie running back into the offense if they don't decide to go with Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown. Like, I feel like the Rams are going to throw the ball a lot more, and Robert Woods is just as much of a 1A to Cooper Cup's 1B as the other way around. There's like To me, there's no way Woods doesn't finish top 18. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, and something you didn't even touch on is uh, Robert Woods has a rushing floor too which is weird to say with wide receivers but I'm pretty sure he had over 100 rushing yards last year they give him the ball on like gadget plays he's not necessarily considered a gadget wide receiver but he could get some touchdowns in that aspect too I know he had multiple uh he had I think two rushing touchdowns at least called back last year and he, um, and he, he did have one right so I, I mean yes I'm I'm all in on this I would fade Cooper Cup Cooper Cup being drafted as a, a top 10 wide receiver is insane to me. I will 100% agree with you there. Yeah, you're getting a stud guy at his absolute floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... Especially I, when uh, when it, uh, Cooper Cup trended down at the end of last season, which is never good. Yeah, I mean, and Cooper Cup uh, tends to ha- only have like half a like really good year. So mm. we'll just keep that going. I mean, those have been because of injury for sure, but still. Right. Your turn. All right, moving into my first guy. I went with Keenan Allen. Strangely, we all did wide receivers here. Uh, His current ADP is between 47 and 49, depending on your site, and about wide receiver 20. And that's a guy that doesn't finish wide receiver 20, like, ever. Uh, He finished last year wide receiver 6 in PPR. I understand it's going to be at least one quarterback change, possibly two this year, more probably two than anything. But he is a target monster, a la Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry back in the Dolphins days. So he is going to just constantly be fed targets, especially if it's from Tyrod, who likes the short intermediate routes more, the safer routes. It doesn't get much safer than Keenan Allen. He is going to be eating up targets with Austin Eckler and trying to carry this team to, you know, 500 so Tyrod can keep his job. <laughs> uh, there's no new major additions. 
Uh, they did get a decent slot guy in the draft, but it was really late, so he's probably not going to get a ton of targets, at least early. And Keenan Allen's more of a slot guy than anyone else on that team. I really just assume, worst case, he's wide receiver 9 through 12, but there's like his absolute floor is like wide receiver 15, and you're getting him at an amazing value, just like we talked about for the other guys. I cannot pass that up, and honestly, I'm probably looking to get him in almost every redraft because he's going to be him and Eckler are going to be the focal points of that offense for the next three to five years, probably. This just makes no sense to me. Like, I feel like every year going into the draft, people forget about how good Keenan Allen really is. And like last year, a lot of it was, oh well, Mike Williams is going to come in and take a lot of. No, he's not. Mike Williams sucks. Mike Mike Williams did take a lot. And, and Keenan Allen's wide receiver six. <laughs> yeah. Mike Williams had his touchdowns went way down and his yards went way up. He was very productive. And Hunter oh, Henry was on the field for at least half the year. So and they had two running backs that could catch the ball. I'm just saying there's not really any problems with here, only solutions. And the biggest solution is Keenan Allen for this team. The last time Keenan Allen finished outside of the top 12 was 2016 where he was hurt and he only had six receptions for the entire year. Like, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like every year people just tend to forget about Keenan Allen. And and I I think there's a a basis for that this year because of the quarterback change. I know people are are afraid of that, but like Randy highlighted, like it fits Tyrod perfectly. Um, Herbert learning the offense, obviously like Mike Thomas, probably benefits more when Herbert finally gets the reins, but that's, I I don't think Herbert's going to be able to do what he did at Oregon right off the bat. So Keenan Allen's good this year. Mike Williams first off. Mike Williams. It's not Mike Thomas. It's good. I I brought him up. But I mean, it's really the major thing here is you got a guy that finished wide receiver one last year that you can possibly get three top 15 running backs and then get him as your wide receiver one. That is the most ideal situation I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> out of all of ours, out of all of ours, I think this is probably the one that's going to go down soon. I, you know, I would hope, but usually QB uncertainty tends to keep this price here or even drive it further, sure. which is awful to say. But I, I know just in the stats that I put out for him already, he will be above wide receiver 20. No, <laughs> there's not all even right. a case. <laughs> Christian, you're up next, and oh, geez, I, this one scares me. I, yeah. I just maybe it's just because I've you guys know my feelings of this particular player. I hate yeah. him. I, hate I, I love him. how after you made the show, Doc was when you texted me last night too. That's perfect. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was. I think I made this today, didn't I? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this guy is Philip Lindsay. Uh, his ADP <laughs> is around nine oh four, which would make him running back forty one. To put that into perspective, um, I'm pretty sure Philip Lindsay finished as a top 12 back in each of his first two years. Am I incorrect in saying that? Uh, you are not incorrect, but those were more workhorse roles, wasn't it? Sure. Uh, so he was 13 in PPR and 19 uh, last year. So 13 is rookie year, 19 last year, which is fine. Um, but also, he averaged... 4.51 yards per carry last year and that was with his decline at the end of the year when you could tell that he was getting worn down and the reason that I think the Broncos went out to get Melvin Gordon 
is because he's a bigger bodied back that can take some of that load off of Philip Lindsay because Lindsay's a small guy, but he runs like a bruiser. So even if Lindsay takes a massive step back, even if he comes down from that four, four point five yards per carry um, and doesn't get even close to the work, RB one, RB forty one is like out of the the realm of possibility for me. I don't think that he's going to fall that far just because Melvin Gordon, who was worse than him last year, averaging three point eight yards a carry and not really doing anything, like taking a backseat to Austin Eckler, who I'll, I'll give Austin Eckler his credit. He's a better receiver than he is a running back. Um, so I, I just think Lindsey's still the better running back. But even if he takes a huge hit, he's going to be probably a, an RB3, right? I mean, can, do, do you guys think that he'll be an RB4 this year? Is, is that why you're scared? I just, uh, I just hate him. Not only because I can I keep saying his name is Peyton Lindsay, it's just <laughs> Gordon or uh, adding Gordon to a backfield already of Lindsay and Freeman when it's just it's all gross. It's just all gross. But see, like my main argument here is that Philip Lindsay is a better running back than Melvin Gordon. That's today. Uh, not actual. That wow. They, they, you just discredited all of the other stuff you said. How? I just told you that Philip Lindsay averaged 4.5 yards per carry last year. Okay. Okay. And, and Melvin Gordon averaged 3.7. And he got So you're taking the one year of Melvin Gordon when he came in out of shape because he was holding out of his contract. Sure, yeah. I'll I'll take the the most recent year of a running back that has a short shelf life. Like I that's fine. I'll take the. I would take the third-year player over the twenty-seven-year-old, who, by the way, once my fucking app loads, I want to give his yards per carry from each year. So he's been under four yards per carry every single year except for twenty eighteen. So I, I. Okay, but you're acting like Philip Lindsay is this like twenty-one year old dude. Lindsay's twenty-five. Gordon's twenty-seven. Like, let's not pretend like two years is this massive gap. Sure, but the workload that they've gotten in the NFL is significantly different. It's three years of getting destroyed. And also, don't get me wrong here. Like, I agree that 41 is, is probably asinine, but I'm more going off the fact that you think Philip Lindsay is a better running back than Melvin Gordon. I yeah, think you're not. I, wanna, I was literally about to agree with you and then you started talking none so like, like this so. is definitely right about the so, ADP thing but to so, say Philip Lindsay is a better running back than Melvin Gordon you're nuts I, th- I so, think that I th- hold on I want to give you credit here I think the only argument that needs to be made is that his finish was what RB 19 last year yeah and that was close to it was closer to a 50-50 work share with him and Freeman and it's clear he can't hold up to this. He needs that other guy. Gordon is going to be the lead back. He's brought in to be so. But if he finished RB19 with getting between 50 and 60%, it's very realistic to say he's going to be an RB3 with about 30 to 40% of the workload. And there's every chance that anyone could get hurt. There's every chance that he's just on the field for the touchdown drives. It, it happens all the time. And 41 is definitely way too low to me but it's definitely closer to 30. 
See, and, and I think that's where you and I differ, especially Randy, is I don't think Lindsay's getting 30% of the work. I think he's getting closer to 50. I think it's 45 probably. Yeah, but I think that, it's a different opinion. There. Yeah, I think that's yeah. under the assumption that they use two backs when they're going to use three, but unless someone like, gets moved. That's yeah, the problem. Well, well I, and I told you, I think it's 45, 45, 10. Like, I don't think, yeah, and, very relevant. yeah, and I, I've gotten closer to that number, but it's still, still hard to get exactly that number with three backs. It's never going to be an exact science. Yeah, and, and I, I do want to give Melvin Gordon his credit. He is a better pass catcher. Than Philip yeah. Lindsay, but Philip Lindsay wasn't out there to be a pass and, catcher. That, and Melvin and Melvin Gordon is a far superior goal line back. Yes, that's, that I that's, disagree that's, with. Uh, well, you're wrong, so it's fine. Philip right, Lindsay, let's better. move on. Let's they move didn't on. use him as the going back last year, though. Philip Lindsay. Bottom line, bottom line Lindsay's going in the shut up. Bottom line, Lindsay's oh. going in the ninth round. That's too low. He should be going higher. I agree. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. This one, I'm kind of going out on a limb. It probably it's because how I've always kind of felt about this dude. David oh, I Johnson. hate this one, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do hate this one, but go on, give your good time. And I don't feel good about it either, but I have some reasoning behind it. Um, <laughs> David Johnson right now is going as RB19 behind Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, and Melvin Gordon. Two of those four, you would probably argue you would take over him. But I don't know if you would take Le'Veon Bell. And you talked about it yourself, Christian, about how you're not touching Melvin Gordon at RB15. Um, yeah. I get it. Last year was a bad season. He was hurt. Something happened with Cliff Kingsbury when he came over. There was something, I think, behind the scenes that they didn't really talk about because he looked checked out. It wasn't just injury. David Johnson looked completely checked out of Arizona. but. Fast forward now to present 2020 when the uh, Houston Texans made the stupidest trade I've ever seen, regardless, to trade for David Johnson, give away DeAndre Hopkins. Bill O'Brien has already come out. I don't know if it's to save his own ass or what, but he's already come out and said that David Johnson is a three-down back. That is truly what they believe. And you know how I feel. You guys both know how I feel about Duke Johnson. Certainly, he's not, in my mind, a something down back seeing that they brought in Carlos Hyde last year and he didn't even start over Carlos Hyde, but with Deandre Hopkins on another team and the only other addition being Brandon cooks who could never stay on the field. Deshaun Watson doesn't have a ton of weapons to throw to. Can I interest you guys in a willful or hamstring? Um, uh, I, you know what? In best ball, I, I would definitely take that, <laughs> but he's going to score also, 50 one week and I'm going to be real happy. <laughs> also, I think trading away Hopkins, adding cooks who, may or may not stay on the field, only really having Will Fuller and Kenny Stills, I think they're going to transition to a little bit more of running. And David Johnson has the talent. Like, let's not – like, two years ago in 2018, which feels like a century ago, David Johnson finished as the RB9 in PPR leagues, and that was on the worst offense in football. So David Johnson gets his opportunities, and if he can stay healthy, he, he's, he's good. I mean, he's had three of his five years, he's finished as a top nine or top ten running back. So I don't know if it's just me being nuts, but I, I just think he has the opportunity here to finish top 12. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you like have compelling arguments. I, I just think it's a difference of opinion on a player. I just didn't see it, anything from last year, and you very well could be right. There could have been problems. Well, we knew there's problems with his health, but there could have been other problems that just 
made him not want to do anything. Kenny Drake came in. He definitely took over that role. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot going on there for sure. Maybe the new starts all he needs, and I honestly do hope for him. But for me, the I I'm not going to say the ADP is right. Uh, it probably is a slight bit too low, but I don't think I would take him over any of the four guys you mentioned. But that being said, three of those, well, actually all four of those guys are going to be fighting for their role in the offense. Whereas David Johnson really just has Duke, who's more of a slot for their team anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First, before I say anything, I do want to say, if we ever get heated, it's just because I respect what these guys are saying. Um, I, I respect their opinions, and we just like arguing sometimes. It's mm-hmm. it's all in good fun. Uh, Sean's still an asshole. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not. No, I don't think anyone said any different. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's been so, so, that's been a character trait for me for five years. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't even have to say it about you. But uh, all right, with DJ, um, I think I'd be kind of hesitant to even take him at RB nineteen. Just I, I know that Bill O'Brien said that they believe he's a three down back, but I don't trust anything that that man says ever because I, I, I mean, he is a good coach. He's a shitty GM. He's a good coach. And maybe he sees something in David Johnson that I don't, but I can't see a world where Duke Johnson is completely relegated to the bench. And if that's the case, then DJ's true value has to come down a little bit because he can't run the ball like Carlos Hyde did last year. I just I don't think that DJ has ever really been a good runner and he finished so high because he had that pass catching ability. I worry that Duke Johnson might eat into the thing that he does best. But I can see this as well. That means- I mean, you also look at the guys behind him. Devin Singletary could very well be fighting with Moss for his role. James Conner, we all know about James Conner. He can never stay on the field. Who knows if Todd Gurley has anything left anymore? We talked about Mark Ingram might be supplanted by J.K. Dobbins by like week eight. David Montgomery, Matt Nagy sucks. Uh, like it's just like the guys that are going like right after him, I would almost argue that I would take Johnson over all of those guys. And and that was actually what I was going to bring up is that's a lot of really young guys and a guy like Connor who's on a perennial one-back team that's usually really effective. So like our like the major argument me and Christian are saying here is we're not sure if like RB19 is egregious, but we're not saying it's not value. And I think there's every chance that the guys you mentioned, especially the young guys like Singletary and Montgomery and a workhorse possibility of Connor could go ahead of David Johnson as the season continues here while we're getting ready. And I'm going to eat that up, honestly, for David Johnson. Yeah. They, you guys, you guys take those guys. Leave me, David Johnson. Well, I, I will take Singletary, but <laughs> I would take Montgomery. So, but the, but again, we, like we're we're already here making a case for those guys mm-hmm. when David Johnson's getting just forgotten about. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Your turn, Randy. Moving moving on to my running back. I literally didn't do this on purpose, by the way. I don't know how we did this, but. Uh, <laughs> And my running back is actually going as running back 40, so just one running back above Philip Lindsay, and that is James White. And obviously, I, I do have loved James White, and I've had him on a lot of teams over the years here, uh, but he's going currently about 98 RB40, like I said, 
And he has always been the PPR monster workhorse back. And he just has the highest floor because he is always going to be on the field on third downs. He does get rushing. Burkhead's not going to be anywhere near as involved this year. You would hope Harris gets involved, but he still hasn't shown anything, really. So it's it's really between him and Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle has never been used as a pass-catching back. And I really just assume that James White is going to be one of the safest floor players this year with a new quarterback in Stidham, who is going to be learning the offense. And it is an offense that does throw a good amount of checkdowns just to keep the ball moving while they set up the really strong plays down the field. And I think that's going to be between Edelman and James White like it always has been. I don't think that part of their offense is going to change at all. And <laughs> he's going behind guys like Swift, Vaughn, Jones, Ronald Jones, Coleman, Breida, uh, Damon Williams, and Henderson, who all don't have defined roles yet because we still have to see everything shaking out with those teams. And I'm not confident in those guys. I would much rather wait an entire round and a half to two rounds. Again, James White is my RB3 and just be perfectly happy rolling him out as my flex because I know he's going to get the job done and get me enough points to keep me moving on the week. And he always has that chance to get multiple touchdowns and get 12 catches a game, which is why Michael Thomas is insane <laughs> at wide receiver. So if I'm getting at the running back position, I'm very happy. Uh, you, I just, you know how I feel about James White. I've made it abundantly yeah. clear. I mean, but see, like he finished RB7 two years ago, and last year was RB18 on a team that was ever changing with an offensive line that was always hurt. And yeah, I but just, don't, do you think part of that, though, had to do if let's all right? So Christian's argument before the show about Evans was that he doesn't know if Brady can throw the deep ball anymore. That's why I think part of that, if that's true, part of that is why James White was so valuable. We don't know what Stidham's going to bring yet. James White has been valuable when Brady was throwing the deep balls, though. The the pass-catching running back in this Patriots offense has always been valuable, as well as the goal line running back. It's the it's the in-between those two things that no one's ever sure about. That's why LeGarrette Blount was always amazing, because you knew he was going to get an opportunity at probably five touchdowns a game. He wasn't getting five, but he had the chance. No, I get it. It's it for me. You're getting an RB four price tag for a guy that's pretty much locked in to be an RB three with an RB two ceiling. Yeah, with RB one ceiling weeks, yeah. like, like he, he could sneak have, in. Yeah, yeah, he could sneak in. Um, but, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this though. Too like I'm. I'm kind of on the fence with you, but also with Sean that especially the uncertainty at quarterback. I think Stidham's going to have to rely on James White, but also what if Damian Harris does carve out a role and they just say... Doesn't affect, doesn't affect James White. You don't James, think- there's been three running backs in that system forever. He has okay. always gotten the same pass work, always gotten the same rushing work. If there's one team I know not to argue with Randy about, I think it's the Patriots. <laughs> sure. I'll take his word for it. Yeah. I'm drafting okay. James White everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're gonna try to. I think you're gonna try to draft this guy everywhere now, and I'm totally okay. With it. Yeah, I'm not actually gonna. Well, I'll take him with my last pick. Uh, so I went with Chris Herndon here. I think he's the only tight end on our list. Yeah. Um. So Chris Herndon's going undrafted. He didn't make the ADP board, and there's a good reason for that. I mean, last year he was about low hanging root. 
Well, I like his, I like his ADP because he's not in an ADP, and I. Think <laughs> I mean, hey, he's he's it, guaranteed to go up from there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he's cheap. Um, no, but with Herndon last year, he really pissed people off because people held him through his suspension, including you. Yeah, I, I held him through a suspension. It pissed me off when he came back and got hurt. But you have to look back two years then at what Chris Herndon was able to do. Obviously, a different offense. Um, and the thing that I would rely on is that Sam Darnold is still the quarterback there. And Sam Darnold's favorite target in 2018 was Chris Herndon. He finished as the tight end 16 in 2018. Instead of wasting a high pick on a tight end, why don't you stock up on wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, whatever you want to stock up on, and then get Chris Herndon late. I think Chris Herndon has the potential to challenge as a tight end one this year. Because the Jets didn't go out. like They didn't make any splash signings. They, they signed Rashad Perriman, and they drafted Denzel Mims. But they also lost Robbie Anderson. And you have to think that Chris Herndon's going to still have a role if he's healthy and not suspended. Granted, you could get burned by this. Like I, I can acknowledge that. I was burned by him last year, but I still have faith in his talent. But if you're wrong, like after the top like six to eight guys at tight end, you can probably stream and be fine. Like I don't if you're looking at the nine through twelve, I, I think you're streaming most of the time anyway, because tight ends suck. That's why tight end premium leagues are becoming so prevalent. And there are questions of even having tight ends in fantasy anymore and just rolling with an extra flex position. But I, I love Chris Herndon, especially if you can get him in the last round or you don't even have to waste a pick on him. You can draft someone else and then you can come back around later and pick him up when someone else on your team gets cut or something. Yeah. Uh, like, so th- that's the main argument for me is you can draft him probably with your last pick. And if you don't like what's coming out of camp, you don't like the preseason, you don't like what he does week one and two, it's no skin off your back. And you can go get the so the rookie wide receiver someone dropped because he's not in the field yet. And in three weeks, you have a top receiver again. So, And you can pick up another tight end at any point. Like you said, there are very streamable guys down the line. I mean, there's a high chance you can get Jared Cook after a little bit. You can get Hawkinson. Uh, and you don't have to pay the price because they're going to get dropped and it's just going to be great for you. The only argument I have against it is this isn't 2018. There's Jameson Crowder who eats up the middle of the field. Mims, who's going to be in the middle field, a good amount. There is Ryan Griffin, who had a decent year last year. And then most of all, Le'Veon Bell, who eats the middle of the field. But like I said, he is a great value at undrafted. <laughs> and and he he's... Most likely, I don't want to guarantee it, but he's most likely a tight end one in his team. And for any tight end, that gives you a shot to be the tight a tight end one. Yeah. Who is the who is Chris Herndon's head coach? Adam Gase. Yeah. No thanks. Moving on. Um, <laughs> my more, guy. One more thing. One more thing, really quick. I do want to. You brought up Ryan Griffin, Randy. I mean, he had weeks where he was a tight end one last year, and if yeah. Ryan Griffin can do it, then Chris Herndon can do it. That's that's it. Sorry, yeah. Sean. Go on about this guy. You're fine. Um, my last guy here is uh, Chris Carson. 
Yes, I, I like David Johnson, who is going just behind Carson, but I really like Carson this year too. Uh, I know we talked about Randy, um, that he could be fighting for his job. I don't believe that as much, but per Matthew Barry, uh, Chris Carson finished his RB12 last year and he had 15 games. Um, he had nine games with 20-plus touches, so the receptions went up almost a full reception from, the, from 2018. He was fourth among active running backs in yards per rush after first contact. He's going as a borderline RB2 in a very run-heavy offense with this top competition for touches, maybe not playing a single game in Rashad Penny. But who knows what's going to happen with Rashad Penny's injury. I think that's why they went out and signed Carlos Hyde today. I don't think it's to cut into Carson's workload. It's, I think it's more of just depth because they don't really have anybody else right now. Um, I, I don't... And I know they drafted DJ Dallas, but I think they wanted a proven guy just so they could put him back there. I'm not as worried about the fumbles. I I, I would hope to God that he's going to work on it. Um, I just I think he's due to have a monster season, and I just I am totally okay with taking a guy a, in a run heavy offense to put as my top end second running back. Well, for sure, and and you brought up uh, Carlos Hyde and DJ Dallas maybe taking away his carries, what maybe a lot of people aren't realizing is he was RB12 with Rashad Penny getting a lot of work because they were trying to prove themselves right for that pick. And I do think Penny had a good year as well, but that's Chris Carson still cut RB12 with mm-hmm. what seems like 35 fumbles. And <laughs> he's going he's going to get at least 15 carries a game. And that's yeah. that is as best you can get to getting at least back-end RB2. So I, I think he has every chance to get ahead of that. He's going to have more of the goal line work probably. I, I, I mean, I could see Hyde getting it, but I just don't – like Hyde's not taking his work. He's helping to split Penny's work because Penny's pretty much out. Right. Uh, <clears throat> wow, that was rough. That was a rough start. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. Um, so, so my thing here, I actually sold Chris Carson in Dynasty this year. And looking back, like I, I halfway regret it. I got Keenan Allen and a first round pick in 2021. It's a good trade. Um, but also, Chris Carson is due to have a big year. And I, I can see that. But when Rashad Penny comes back, because of the, the performances that he put up in the last couple of weeks, uh, when Carson, Carson went down week 16, um, but really over the back half of the season, Rashad Penny looked like perhaps the better running back to have. Um, obviously Carson was still productive. I just worry now that they have Carlos Hyde that when Penny does come back, um, Hyde does eat into Carson a little bit. Here's the thing though. I don't think Penny comes back. He to- I mean, he tore his ACL December 8th. And he could start the year on the PUP list. Like, and they're saying that he's not making the kind of progression that they've wanted, they've wanted to see early on in the, in the recovery process. I just, I just, he's a 24 year old that like Randy said, they spent a first round pick on him. I don't see any scenario where they rush him back. I, and here's the other thing. Uh, they just drafted a new running back. They brought in Hyde. If he does come back, uh, I don't think it's a guarantee he's on the team by deadline because he is a promising young back that really needs the workload and to be healthy. So maybe he's traded to one of these teams that are going to need a new running back because someone's going to be hurt. 
that's true too. Man, but I, you think an ACL uh, surgery is going to take nine, ten, well, twelve months? It wasn't. It wasn't it, just the ACL though. Yeah, it's six it to. It's, it's on six to nine months, and if you're not getting progression, it's usually back end nine. But you still, he's not. He's not really able to do all the physical therapy he needs to be doing right now. He's he's doing random stuff he was told to do on his couch. Basically, he's not yeah. getting the top level training he needs to be getting right now and i mean i truly i actually really like penny i hope he comes back but when he was getting the the love it was because carson was having his fumbling issues right then Mm -hmm. so if he's not fumbling the ball it's not going to be the same correlation that it was Mm -hmm. last year especially with two new guys in the offense that we know carol loves everyone that's on his team so i i really don't know What's going to happen? I just know that Carson is going to have his role no matter what kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. All right, Randy, why don't you go ahead and do your last one here? Okay. Well, let me scroll down. Uh, <laughs> my guy, very, oh, yeah, is just going to be Marvin Jones, uh, you know, the wide receiver two on his team that likes to pass a lot. Uh, <laughs> his current ADP is 102, wide receiver 41. He doesn't finish that low if he's healthy ever. <laughs> he's the favorite target of Stafford because Stafford does like to throw in the middle of the field. I know Hawkinson growing may take a little bit of that, but it's not going to put him all the way down to wide receiver 41. I think he's a guaranteed wide receiver three, a guy in m- many leagues now, three wide receiver leagues to start. So worst case, he's going to be one of your top flexes every single week. And he does have those boom games usually about two to three every year that are going to be weak winners for you. I don't understand how he's this low. He always gets this low, and then he rises slightly, but I don't think he's going to be able to rise to what his actual value is. You're getting immediate value as you draft him. He was wide receiver 28 last year and only had eight games with Stafford. I don't understand how anyone thinks he's going to be wide receiver 41 if he got to wide receiver 28 without his starting quarterback who was elite in the first eight games. <laughs> For, Randy, why did you have to pick a lion? <laughs> I actually, it, was either, it was either him or Crowder, uh, and he picked Herndon. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I do love this. I mean, Marvin Jones was like a top. Everybody player. forgets about him too, man. Yeah. He's been yeah. solid anywhere. He's, I mean, he was solid when he was in Cincinnati too. And just he never gets drafted at his value. He's always a value yeah. pick. I'll leave it up. Yeah. Jones is going wide receiver 41. I think Crowder was f- between 45 and 50. Those are ridiculous. <laughs> Those mm-hmm. are high target slot guys that have touchdown upside. That's insane. And I'll be eating that up. Those those are going to be my depth receivers that carry why me the title. Eating, why is eating that up been the phrase on this episode? Because that's, I think it's been said once, first All off. Right. Twice. I then. think it was. You said it. Was it. Was it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Before we get into the Matt Stafford elite or not elite question with eight games under his belt, let's take a break and we'll get into this or that when we come back. Welcome back to the cut. Let's get into this or that. All right, here's the first one. Chris Godwin or Miles Sanders, their ADP is tied at 205. Uh, Godwin. Me, Godwin, pretty easily. Uh, Godwin, yeah. Godwin, but it's it's closer. I think Miles. I think Sanders going as high is like when has Doug Peterson ever just relied on one running back? When has Doug Peterson ever had 
this kind of running back. Sure. You had him last year. Yeah, but he was a rookie. And then they told Jordan Howard, you're you're hurt. signed Jordan Howard before you drafted Sanders. (laughs) They told Jordan Howard, you're hurt. (laughs) He was hurt uh... with random injuries all year. So I I do think Miles Sanders gets most of the work, though. But Godwin was wide receiver two last year. Yeah, it's it's literally Sanders will be that's like seventh, eighth running back compared to third wide receiver. So I'm going to pick the third wide receiver. And also, um, you talked about it already, Christian, that Godwin is going to get a ton of targets from Brady. So, yeah. All right. Next one. Allen Robinson or AJ Brown, 404 and the 407. Give me, I will hammer Allen Robinson there. Mm. AJ Brown. AJ Brown ever so slightly for touchdown upside. I think he scores more touchdowns than Robinson. That's literally the only reason. Um, hmm. not that hard of a question, Chris. It kind of uh, is, though. Like, other I, thing, other thing. Titans, their whole offseason, they've talked about how holy crap, AJ Brown's great. We need to keep integrating him more and more into the offense. Sure, but they still have Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, whereas who the hell else do the Bears have? Who? Anthony Miller. Who, who cares? I'll take Anthony Miller over Corey Davis first off. <laughs> Corey Davis uh, is nothing. Anthony Miller's played, what, three games in his career? And right. he has more touchdowns than Corey Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arguing. I'm going to pick Allen Robinson still. I, I, but yeah. that's really, really tough. Well, you know what? We're tied because I know Sweet wants A.J. Brown here. <laughs> True. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. We're, we can't talk about our rankings yet, but we need to bring Sweet down a little bit <laughs> on AJ Brown. <laughs> All right, moving on. Devontae Parker or Marquise Brown? They're back to back at 607 and 608. I kind of want to go Marquise Brown just because I think Devontae Parker is a little baby for what happened with Michael Thomas earlier this week. <laughs> but probably Parker here because I think he's for sure the top option. In Miami, uh, I would go Marquise Brown just because I think he has more upside, especially with Preston Williams coming back. And so when Williams, hey man, when he was Preston, I, Preston I, Williams I, was a top end wide receiver too. Yeah, most games last year, but he was healthy. But Devonte Devonte or Devonte Parker is also free of Adam Gase. That's so, another. So is Preston Williams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I. I think Marquise Brown just has the probably he has the ability to have like 70% of the wide receiver targets. So the the other thing here is there very well and probably will be a quarterback change and for the Dolphins, whereas Lamar's the quarterback. So is that a good thing? Also, there's, there's a very well free of Adam Gase because he was a rookie last year. Adam Gase was gone. Yes. Yeah. What? So he's free of him. What? He yeah. never played for him. Yeah, because he got fired. He was free for him. Jesus. <laughs> what? Either way, what are you? Why is this a concept that's just way above your head? Did you, you, you take yes. Mark? So Brown. he got fired, and then they got Preston <laughs> Williams. So he was free right. of him. Brian Flores was the coach at the beginning of 2019. Preston Williams is a rookie. Was a rookie last year. And I think you guys are just interpreting what was said a little different. Like okay. Preston Williams is free because he never had the constraints. So he was so he can't be free of something that he never had to deal with, is my point. What do you mean? 
I'm white. I'm free of a lot of oppression. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> That's true. I know it. Moving on. Carry on Johnson or Tyler <laughs> Boyd. ADP at 705 for carry on and 708 for Tyler Boyd. Um, I didn't hear the question, but Tyler Boyd. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. I'm going to lean carry on. I, it, I respect it. It's close, especially because it's a running back. At that part of the draft, you know there's a good depth of wide receiver and there's no depth at running back. So, Plus, I think A.J. Green playing, if he does play a full season, plus adding T. Higgins is going to bring Boyd down a little bit. Yeah. Um, the next one here, Michael Pittman Jr. or Rashad Penny, 13.03 or 13.05. This one, I made my point earlier. I'm picking Pittman because I don't think Penny plays this year. I'm picking Pittman because I think he has the ability to be the wide receiver one in this rookie class. So we know you have, yeah, we know you have a crush on Michael. Pittman. I'm just picking Pittman because it's the right choice. I don't need. <laughs> I love Penny too, though. Like I think stashing Penny if he's out a few weeks isn't a bad move. But I mean, I can't believe yeah, he's there. And we talked about him in the 15th round last time, like when yeah. during our mock draft. So yeah, but it's Pittman. yeah, it's Pittman. Uh, yeah. You take the yeah. upside instead of a handcuff. Uh, Blake Jarwin or OJ Howard? <laughs> Blake Jarwin smash, except it has to be Blake Jarwin just because OJ Howard isn't the starting tight end on his own team. He's still on the team because he's a great blocker. Arians, I, doesn't, I, Arians doesn't like I'm gonna, him. I'm going to go out on a limb here, limb here and say it doesn't help when you know the team brings a tight end out of retirement to play over you. I would go OJ Howard here. We know, and you've been wrong for two years. So <laughs> that's incorrect. I am fairly good at drafting tight ends. That's typically my only strong point. However, I think the Blake Jarwin hype, like a thirteenth round pick on Blake Jarwin, creating who, your own Blake Jarwin. Did you did you just say thirteenth round and hype in the same damn sentence? Well, People are pumping him up as like a potential top twelve tight end. Like that's People, not. So are you? No, I'm not. Christian, what did we say earlier? He is a starting tight end for his team. He yes. has every shot to be a tight end one. That's he does. literally what we said. Okay, he. So Blake Jarwin is the starting tight end for his team. And two years ago, Blake Jarwin was the starting tight end for his team when Jason Winton was in the booth, fucking and everything up. Yeah. And he and, didn't do anything. And how, and, and how old was Blake Jarwin then? What what oh, year in the NFL was that? One, probably. Man, what happens with tight ends when they're rookies? I don't know, mm. man. I just, I don't, like, I had Blake Jarwin on my dynasty <laughs> team and got a pretty good haul for him. And Listen, I'd rather have OJ Howard. If OJ Howard is traded wherever it is, this becomes a way more legit question. And honestly, it's way more towards Howard because Howard's probably more talented and an overall better player. But the talent clearly is not winning out in Tampa. And now he's, and now he's competing for snaps, not targets, just snaps with a dude who was with the best tight end ever with With the dude who was wrestling two months ago. Exactly. He's going to get hurt. And OJ Howard is going to get why wouldn't he? he because he's had a year had off. He lost. He, he immediately lost like thirty pounds the second he retired, <laughs> and he's been he's been doing everything possible to be completely healthy. And he is in amazing shape. Looks 
Look, super all I'm ready is, to play. <laughs> all I'm saying is it can't be a stamp and a stamp of approval when you're a tight end on your own team and they're bringing a dude who was retired to play over you. That's all I'm saying. The biggest stamp of approval Howard has had in two years now is them not trading him last year. That's the biggest stamp of approval he's gotten. I'm not. not, They talked about how excited they are to have him too, but they're they're real excited for him to block. We're spending way too much time on a tight end taken in the 13th round. All right, Anthony Miller, Naeem Hines, or Dallas Goddard, 13, 10, 13, 12, 14, 01. Can I slam the "Who cares" button? I'm going to slam the Dallas Goddard. Yeah, not even a question to me. You got a guy that borderline tight end one last year as a backup tight end on his team, uh, but he actually gets targets unlike OJ Howard. So <laughs> I, I, especially at this, are you kidding me? I get to wait and get a better tight end than the two that's going to finish most likely better than the guys before. Good that's Lord. A good point. <laughs> if we're just doing Hines and Miller, I'm taking I mean, if I had Miller. To pick, it's going to be Goddard. I just don't care about these three players. I would also take Goddard because I think this he is the tight end one on his team. Because he was, oh, <clears throat> he, well, he was, at the, he was at the beginning of the year last year. Look it up. Zach Ertz was getting four targets a game, and Dallas Goddard was getting eight. Yeah, and then, and he's gonna have tight end one production on his team because I, Ertz is getting double teamed. Yeah, that's that's been the easiest question. Of this I also don't think Ertz is going to draw as many double teams anymore now that they have a couple more receivers. Yeah, yeah well, and just Dallas Goddard great. is a great tight end. That's just yeah. how it works. No, he's definitely. I mean, he's a huge value in Dynasty because Ertz will eventually go somewhere else at some point. All right, last one: Jarek McKinnon or John Ross? Fifteen oh seven, fifteen oh nine. I'm going to go Jarek McKinnon just because I don't think John Ross is good at football. <laughs> I would go John Ross fairly easily. Boy, uh, I'm going to go John Ross just because I don't think McKinnon really does anything because he hasn't you in years. Probably won't find either of these guys on my team. I don't know, yeah. man. You always like that. You always like the eventual backup in San Francisco. So we'll see. Hey, man, no one thought Kevin Coleman was going to be a backup in the years. I don't know. Right? I was all. <laughs> Christian well, and I had a lot of conversations about how we thought Tevin Coleman finally getting out of Atlanta was going to work out well. And then I just, you know, wanted to blow my brains. Well, and then he signed to be in a committee, like a, a huge committee. And we were all like, well, crap. And no one knew, but no one knew Raheem Mostert was going to do what he did. It wasn't Mostert. It was, Mostert. <laughs> it was McKinnon and Brita. And then Mostert was. I like, thought McKinnon was already. I thought McKinnon was already hurt by the time they traded for Coleman. <laughs> I mean,. He was hurt the year before. They signed Coleman in the offseason. Yeah. And then had Brita. And it was the, the split was going to be Brita Coleman, though. No one knew yeah, that. That's I'm what sure. it was supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then the way Kyle Shanahan has his running backs, every a lot of people thought that both of them were going to be usable. Yeah. Honestly, I think Jerry McKinnon is still on the team because. The, they're just like, that wasn't a bad contract. He's great. He's going to get in the field. You're going to see. It's like, the first con- it's like the first big signing they had. And then it was that. Just you wait. All right. Um, so that'll do it. I uh, this, this got off the rails really quick. Um, follow us at The Cut <laughs> FFL on all social media. Hit up our website, officialcutpod.wordpress.com. Tell your friends about us. 
And our 2020 fantasy rankings are almost ready to go. It's just some jerk is not done his yet, so we're waiting on him. <laughs> he, will, he didn't even open the file until tonight. So He will rena- remain nameless. Um, <laughs> right. Anything else to add, boys? Yeah, Sean sucks. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's in fairness, we weren't. Me it's and, also May 23rd. Me and Christian right. started a bit early. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's May 23rd. We're still Good waiting God. on it. <laughs> You've got well, like a week. Then we talk about June. I don't June. know, man. You're Early. just playing COD in the show. Just pull up a laptop for five minutes. <laughs> I can't do all three. No, you you take many breaks. Yeah, that's what I do. Just do a team a day. It's not that bad. It's, it's fun, actually. Yes. For, well, you for and I have very different definitions of the word fun. I don't know. Randy. <laughs> Um, no, I don't have anything to add other than go read our new writers' uh, articles. Uh, two of them are posted. Two more are coming out soon. These guys are putting out some awesome content. I saw my boy Lucas uh, from a draft chat Facebook group, also a Browns fan. Uh, so shout out Lucas. He's working on this uh, just kind of uh, analytical approach to how quarterbacks actually played last year. And he put together his own like composite score type of thing. And he's putting that into an article and it's a phenomenal piece. I'm really excited to read it. Um, so just go read all of the new articles and say hello to all of our new writers. We'll probably Appreciate feature them at some point. Can we just agree that next time I ask if you guys have anything to add, you can just say yes then? No, yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know why I would say no. It bothers me every time I hear it. Every time I hear it. And I like... He says no except, and then he goes on for three minutes. Yeah, I, it really, and I can't shake it. Like, I know it's there. I've, I've made myself aware of it, and I, I always love it. Love it. All right. All right. That'll do it. For Christian Williams, Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys again next week. We gone.